Welcome. You found the People of Chattanooga podcast. I'm your host, Luke Swab. Today, I sit down with Ed Jones. He owns Nutrition World. He also has his own podcast called The Holistic Navigator. He's a really intelligent guy. We talk everything about health and nutrition. Uh, we talk about blood work, uh, eating crickets, and even eating your own boogers. He's a fascinating man. He flies planes. He's the healthiest 63-year-old man I know. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Ed Jones. And we're live. We're just going to start this. Nice. Um, I'm here with Ed Jones. How you doing, Ed? Hey, I'm hanging in there pretty well. Uh, we were just doing uh, the mic checks, and you were saying Piper 5.5, some airplane stuff. Um, are you a pilot? I am. I've been flying small planes for about 10 years, and love it, love it, love it, but not been flying for three to four months due to all the craziness in the world. Yeah, all the COVID stuff. Well, that, we got some uh, work done on the plane and one thing after another. And once you quit flying for two or three months... It's not like riding a bike because, you know, you can die in small planes very quickly if you're not on your game. And I only fly if I'm on my game, which means I need to fly every week to do that. Yeah. Um, so there's a plane ready to fly now as far as you had some repairs done? Oh, yeah. yeah. Or I've, scheduled maintenance or whatever. Right. Yeah. I actually fly, uh, which I haven't done in a while, a 1942 Stearman biplane. Uh-huh. Uh, and then I also fly a Piper Lance, which is the normal plane. But again, I haven't flown since January, so I'm kind of like uh, sad. Kind of itching to fly. Itching, but then there's fear because I'm not on my game anymore. And so I'm going to have to probably get an instructor, get back in the plane, get the rust off. And I'm just hoping that that's going to happen because there is a point with life that you, most pilots, decide it's time to give it up. Yeah. And I hope it's not here yet, but I am having those leanings. Oh, uh, that's so. If you're not flying once a week, you feel like you're off your game? Oh, I could go two weeks, but anything past two weeks, I will feel very uh, fearful. Uh, and I, so I, then I have someone else in the plane with me because I am just being older is a real advantage to being a pilot because you don't get complacent as much. Complacency is what kills most pilots because once you get about 200 hours, you start thinking you're pretty damn hot stuff and you know the, the clouds and the wind is not going to bother me but I'm the opposite at my age I've kind of gotten more conservative you mentioned your age a couple of times how old are you uh, I'll be 63 in the next a couple months do you that's that's not old at all I see you on Instagram doing uh handstands and push-ups you're in you're in remarkable shape I think well, I do uh, have an addiction for working out, and I do it no less than four days a week and generally five, and I combine weight training with some body weight work from a guy named Frank Madrano, and I followed him for three or four years, and I just, um, it keeps my mental state more than it does my physical state, uh, because during the the thickest of the uh, virus episodes, I did not work out for five weeks. It was the first time since 14 years old I did not work out, and I just couldn't do it. I, it's like I can't do partial stuff. I either be all in like I am with flying or I'm all out, and it was devastating to my physical state somewhat and definitely to the emotional state. And why why were you not able to work out? Your gym closed? or Yeah, yeah gym closed, and I went one single time to do things outside. Now I walked, but I did no weight training, no push-ups. I just did not have it in me. Of course, most people, 
we were devastated by, you know, not only the virus, but the tornado. So between those two, it just, I couldn't pull it up. Were you affected by the tornado directly? Are you, is that where your house is? I was directly in it when it hit in my uh, girlfriend's apartment and uh, did not know if we were going to make it or not. It was a scary moment, no doubt. No kidding. Was it damage to the building? Uh, yeah, it was, we couldn't stay there for some days, but they got it patched up to stay there. Uh, then a week or two weeks later, another storm came through, and my daughter, who lives right off East Brainerd Road, uh, a storm came through at midnight, and one hour later, this massive tree fell through their bedroom and almost killed them and destroyed that part of the house. So she's now living in my house, and that's and her house is, is going to be fixed, but it's destroyed. She can't go back there. Wow. Too many uh, PTSD memories of that moment. Uh, absolutely. Um, man, you've had a rough go at it. You're the first person I've talked to that's directly been affected oh. um, by the tornado. Um, wow, that's crazy. Uh, so you're working out again. Is your mental game getting stronger again? You're happier? Uh, it is, um, I wouldn't say happiness, but it is lowering my cortisol, which is stress hormone. Sure. Because I do work it off in the mornings. And it seemed to wire me for the day in a positive way. Because if I don't work out, it seemed like that's what activates my buttons. And chemistry-wise. So... Uh, it puts me on top of my game and it really helps me be more productive all day. So you say on top of your game, um, what do you do for a living? Well, I own nutrition world and have since 1979. So actually this January will be 42 years of running, operating that business. Congratulations. That's a long time. Hell yeah. It's a long time. <laughs> what, 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 what made you want to open a nutrition store in 79? Well, I've always been a health food nut. Uh, even early on, there was, when I was, I went to Woodmore Elementary, which is here in Chattanooga, and my dad, it was just him and I, and he uh, had a, a Shackley salesman come to the house one day, and I was about in fifth grade, I think, and I was mesmerized by her uh, speaking on the power of nutrition and how if you do certain foods and certain nutrients, it can affect your life, and this was new stuff. I mean, we're talking, this is the late 60s, 69 probably. Nobody really thought anything about food. Food was a pure commodity that you just filled your belly with. It didn't matter if it was salmon or macaroni and cheese. It all was identical. It was whatever tasted good, and yet there was tons of disease, um, and not like there is today. There's more disease today than there was then, but... It sparked something in me, and then I became a police officer, went to Middle Tennessee, got criminal justice degree, became a Chattanooga police officer, but within a year, I opened the store, and I did both jobs for three years, and then quit the department and worked full-time at Nutrition World. Wow. Um, have you seen, what benefits have you seen uh, by owning the store and doing research and eating well? And, and what would you consider eating well? Well, eating well, everyone has their own definition. You know, I've got the benefit of observing not thousands, but tens of thousands of people over four decades watching their health because people seem to feel comfortable confiding in me, everything from their sex life to their hemorrhoids. I don't care what it is. I hear the stories all day long. Well, with that, I can give education and advice 
And then I follow up. I mean, they'll come back and they'll say, oh, I am so much better or I'm not better. And then I will know these people for decades, watch them die at sometimes and watch them go to super hell sometimes. So I can connect the dots very well as far as what I believe is the impact of food, sleep, nutrition, and supplementation. And it's a personal journey because what you need and what I need can be drastically different. The thing is, and I just finished a podcast talking about this same exact thing, it's the blood chemistry that counts. That's really the only thing that counts is blood chemistry. What does that mean? That means that if we check the blood correctly of a 20-year-old, a 30-year-old, a 40-year-old each decade, we can put together what I kind of sometimes use the analogy of an orchestra. If you consider an orchestra with hundreds of instruments and players, you can have two or three out of tune and still make good music, but you can't have 20. You can't have 50. And that's our chemistry. And the more we have out of tune, the more chronic inflammation and disease and not quality living will happen. There are people who live to be 80, but they really died at 50 because everything mentally and physically went downhill. And I can tell, I can tell very clearly at a person who's 40, who gets the kind of blood work I recommend, not the kind of blood work at a physical the kind of physical you get at a doctor's office is worth $18. The amount of blood work that a 40-year-old would want is worth, it would cost $320. That's not that huge investment to do once every five years. Where do you go and get that, the blood work done? We offer it at Nutrition World once a month. We also have websites where you can order it. Uh, and then you go to Quest downtown. The, the, the hard part is that you, you don't know what to order. So I'm try to educate people on that. I do it through a couple of means, one of which is my my podcast, the national one called The Holistic Navigator. I interviewed a Dr. Lavalley. He's written the book on your blood doesn't lie. And he is like I am. We are looking at blood from a functional medicine perspective. What does that mean? That means when physicians look at blood work, they're actually looking for what disease do you have? When I look at blood work, it's what imbalance do you have? If you have your, your front end alignment of your car and it's out of alignment, it doesn't hurt your tires for the first few hundred miles or maybe a thousand. It's going to wear the damn things out way before it should. And we can tell that on blood work. Do not expect any physician that is traditionally trained to have a clue. They simply don't. They are not trained in prevention and or functional holistic nutrition. So say you're 20 years old and you want, you go into a nutrition world and you want your blood work done because you're listening to this podcast. Mm-hmm. What would you order for someone of that age and how, see, I'm not even aware of that you can order different things. Mm-hmm. I don't know much about this topic. Um, so I guess, how do you know what to order? Would you be asking me questions or how, how does that work? Well, I have to be legally uh, cautious because I cannot cross the line of where someone would interpret me as treating diseases. So I have to, to put it together in very safe ways. The people who come to my uh, nutrition world once a month, they actually have a package that you just click. You know, I mean, you say, this is what I want. And that has everything. It has the omega-3 levels. It has the, the inflammation markers. It has the fasting insulin. It has all of the things that comprise our chemistry. And so that's the cookie cutter easy way just to come in and do it. Does a 20-year-old need that? 
probably not unless they have a huge family history that they're worried about. They're truly not taking care of themselves and they want to shock themselves with some kind of numbers that can maybe uh, incentivize them to be better. The thing is, I've looked at a lot of 20-year-olds and you still have 20, up to about 27 years old, you still have some of the blessings of youthfulness that can counter all the beer and Twinkies. Yep. <laughs> about 27 is where it starts making the impact on blood chemistry. Now, I've seen two young people, both of which were about 21. Uh, their parents made them do the blood work because they were concerned about them. And the first one was a gentleman, uh, went to private school here and from a fairly wealthy family. And when I got his blood work and, and he sat down in front of me, I said, Son, what in the hell are you living on? You can't, you, can't, you can't even try to have this bad of blood work. I said, what are you doing? And he basically said he was living on Twinkies and beer. And I said, you're doomed. And I'd rarely talk very strongly about things. But in that case, I felt like he needed a shock. And I don't know what ended up happening because people that age don't follow up normally. But maybe it made a difference. But he was heading to an early heart attack. He was heading to early cancer. He was heading to early inflammation and depression and anxiety. Because don't think that the brain is not as the same as the heart. It's affected by these poor habits equally. Why in the hell do you think we have so much anxiety in this country and so much depression? It's not because they like Prozac. It's because their chemistry is off. Some people can't help it, but most people could benefit greatly if they could get the right blood work. So maybe you should, um, if you're around 27 or 30, that's, that's the age you should start looking into mm-hmm. your blood work. I think 30 years old would be the perfect just because, you know, it's easy to focus on an even decade. Sure. Uh, the thing is, which is surprising to many younger people, which I would classify 40 and under because I'm my age now. Does that, does, <laughs> but, does that number keep changing as you get older? Uh, it does. Yes. Okay. A little bit. But the thing is, we've been sold a bill of goods a little, and I don't think we've been sold it. I think we've just embraced it. Because it's a cool concept. The concept is we can get everything from our food because nature put food here to help us be healthy. I'm sorry to tell you that it's not happening when I look at blood chemistry. It's simply not. And the reason, one of which is the soul depletions that we have. Now, if you have plenty of money and you cook your own foods and you shop totally organic, uh, you can do really good. I don't mean that you can still be optimal because I've looked at blood work of those people too because, and and I, you know, I can go on tons of rabbit trails, but here's the deal. Nature put us on this earth to procreate. It's really our purpose here from a biological standpoint is to, you put your semen in a female and she's going to get pregnant and have babies. Yeah. Pass your DNA. Yes. So, Nature put our chemistry and our biological uh, needs and the way our clock works within us for only the purpose of having babies. So we, it nature discards us at about 35 years old because, you know, in nature, that's about the time when all this would be done. Yeah. yeah, you can still make babies after that. But really and truly, that's the time frame that nature has clocked us for. Sure. So... It's done everything humanly possible to get you to 35 years old and have tons of sperm and the female has tons of eggs and have a system that can put this together that can create babies. Which is why it allows you to live off Twinkies and beer till you're 27. Bingo. Yeah. And now after 35, you have to embrace the concept of 
that we're discarded by nature. So the chemistry wasn't set up to live a long time. We need to basically alter that chemistry by the use of supplementation. There is no human way that you can be optimal in blood work, in my opinion, unless again, you're rich and have a chef and you do everything right. You could, but most people can't do that. So you have to supplement. Mm -hmm. You just simply do. And it's not that difficult because I created something called the core four. There's just four basic things. And I call it the core four plus because there's actually five now, but there's only five things that you have to supplement with in order to optimize your health. Now it's not perfect because I still want people to do blood work, but if they're not going to do blood work and they do the core four program, they're going to be rest assured. They're probably going to meet their needs moderately to greatly close. Mm -hmm. It's like an 80, 20 rule. Yeah. So minimal effort, maximum gain. Yes. So, okay, the Core 4 Plus, what are they? Let's hear it. Uh, it's the right multivitamin. Uh, multivitamins generally are junk uh, because they are produced by companies who are only out to sell something, and they really are based in research from 1960. I just bought a multivitamin um, bottle from Aldi's. Is that junk? Uh, Aldi seems to be a better level company. Now, I don't know without looking at it. I, what I don't prefer, which, which I don't even, I would say never take because there's some things that's actually not going to be good for you. Centrums are simply, uh, the worst multivitamin that's ever been made in the country. I mean, they still have talcum powder on it this morning at the gym. I mean, Johnson and Johnson's being sued for billions for talc powder causing ovarian cancer. So we want it in our multivitamin? Hell no, we don't. Of course not. You need the level of quality is ranges from worthless to Rolls Royce levels. It just truly really does. And the thing is, the cost of the good stuff is about double the cost of the pure junk. So we're not talking fifteen dollars to a hundred. We're talking fifteen to thirty. So a multivitamin that is comprised of the anti-aging nutrients. That's not most multivitamins. Secondly, omega-3, which is fish, fish oil. Mm -hmm. Now, that is a huge uh, education for people because most fish oil are poor quality. If you smell it, you burp it, you taste it, it's rancid, it's going to do more harm than good. It's best to not buy cheap omega-3 because it's actually harmful. Uh, you are what your foods eat, and if you eat fish, or you take fish oils that were from fish that ate bad stuff, which is polluted waters, you're getting mercury. You're getting heavy metals. There are now such good certifications for fish oil that you can easily figure out this is the good stuff, and you can't trust the other stuff. And then uh, next is a green drink. A green drink is something that, I mean, we all know what a green drink is if you go to the juice store and you get it made fresh, which is fantastic. But this green drink's different. It's a powder that comprises about 40 different green substances from around the world. And the reason that we do this, and the reason I know it's so valuable, is there's a word called phytochemicals. Phytochemicals are what plants have in within them that protects them from disease. Any plant you see that's growing in nature will, if you broke it down into its chemistry, is going to have hundreds or thousands of phytochemicals. Those are not vitamins. There's substances that protect the plant from dis-ease, protects it from ozone, protects it from pests sometimes. It protects it from having funguses. Well, guess what? When we eat a variety of those foods, we get similar protection. I would far 
prefer someone if they can only do one single thing is to do a green drink because if we can and that's based on the plant-based diet philosophy which i'm a big fan of but you can't get chlorellas and spirulinas and greens from all over the world and do it every day the average person in this country only eats 12 different foods throughout the year 12 and of course you and i both know by looking a lot of those are foods that are worthless like like corn and potatoes and macaroni and cheese and you know breads uh doesn't mean you can't have those but they're not they need to be balanced with good foods but when you drink the green drink what it's going to do is it one is it opens the, the liver's ability to detox itself when you don't have these things there's a system in the liver called p450 that's what takes when you're behind a diesel bus and you breathe a few fumes your body takes it in, the liver in this P450 system takes that molecule of diesel and does something called conjugation to it, and it, it deactivates it. It breaks it down so that it tries to turn it to water so that the body can eliminate it instead of it being poisoned by it. Well, guess what green molecules do? They enhance this system. So you can take in far more toxins and have far less damage if you drink a green drink every day. And that is, you know, vitally important. Uh, and the vitamin D is next, which is the king of all miracle substances. 20 years ago when I was uh, still, of course, working at the nutrition world, operating it, we may have had six bottles of vitamin D. We knew nothing about it. No one knew anything about it. We actually were fearful. I remember saying a lot of the times, oh, we don't want to take too much D. It could be toxic. Well, then a blood test came out. And we started looking at blood values of people and started realizing very quickly that 85% of all people are deficient in D. And then we started looking at correlations between how many people, the further up uh, the equator that we looked at people, we started seeing correlations between the less sun they get, the more autoimmune they get, MS, uh, all the way down the list that you can imagine from uh, rheumatoid arthritis. We got more depression. We got more bone fractures, and we got more cancer rates because it was proven that the more up north we live, the even less levels we have. Because when you put on sunblock, you're getting none. You can't convert it because that is where the, the body makes it. And in a study of Hawaiians that are out in the sun without sunblock, there's still 65% of them are deficient. We don't really know why that is, but, you know, we do wear shirts now. We, you know, in nature, we weren't wearing these things. So it's scary stuff because we could reduce the cancer rates in this country right now by people who are credible in the research arena by raising the vitamin D to only about 40 nanograms on a blood test. I look at tons of blood tests of vitamin D. The majority of people are hanging about 20 to 25, but there's some people who have plenty that you can't know by looking at somebody. Are there any... Um, uh study cases or groups of people where they have optimal levels of vitamin D uh, naturally from the sun? Yes. And how are their health rates doing with cancer and diseases and whatnot? Very clearly that there's a positive effect yeah. to their health. Again, you could have a lot of D and still do really bad things have in you, your life. Sure. Have you looked at any of the vitamin D studies uh, in regards to coronavirus? Um, I was listening to some, mm -hmm. and there is a link between um, the people that have passed away from coronavirus. Mm -hmm. um, most of them are vitamin D deficient, and the people that have recovered uh, are more likely to be either less deficient or not deficient. Have you seen any of these studies? There's no doubt. It's, it's, it's you know, 
association is not causation. There's no, mm-hmm. you can't just look at it and say that. Correct. But the thing is, the people who are really openly evaluating the people on ventilators and the people in Italy and these other uh, groups, it is so apparent that their vitamin D is low. In fact, yes. I did an interview with Dr. Michael Smith on the Holistic Navigator, and he's a medical director for a company called Life Extension. I regard them at the top of the game as far as publicized medical literature. And we went through a, it was only a 30-minute podcast. 15 of that minutes was the chemistry of the vitamin D for COVID patients. What needs to be done uh, very quickly if a person thinks they're getting under the weather and it is massively dosing it because you don't have time to wait. And what's a massive dose? Massive doses are twenty to 50,000 units uh, every day for five days. 20 to 50. And as far as I understand, I think 4,000 units is the maximum recommended level right now. Uh, is that... Well, most people take between 1,000 and 2,000, actually, unless they talk to me. Then I always sure. say 4,000 to 5,000 right. preventatively. But I will always follow that up with, I really, if you're going to stay on 5,000 for over a year, let's get a blood test because there's about 5% who get too much. Yeah. Okay. But um, just to play catch up, so to speak, um, you you would recommend up to, you said 20,000 for if a I week feeling, per day? If I feel illness coming yeah. on, I still will do 20 to 50,000 for three days with food, with fat. If you don't have food with fat, it won't go anywhere. So you're wasting it. The devil's in the details. Certain kind of fat. That any kind of fat, even unhealthy fat. Okay. But, and D is D. I don't, you know, there are things like omega-3 and multiples. Do not buy them at, you know, discounted places or places that don't care. When it comes to D, it doesn't matter. I've not seen a bad vitamin D sold anywhere. Okay. That's good. Um, so, uh, where do you get good fish oils from? You said if it's, I mean, if the pill smells funny or something mm-hmm. like that, if it smells like fish, that's not good. Do you have a couple brands you recommend? Uh, Garden of Life is a brand I love. I love Nutrigold. Uh, you're not going to find these except at uh, really high quality stores. Uh, you certainly can online. And in fact, I'm not, not to just push us, but nutritionw.com has an online shopping now and you can go and look under Omega-3s. We at Nutrition World, because of my passion, we vet everything. You know, I'm not saying I'm better than other businesses, but most businesses sell what the public wants. Well, guess what? If if I was like that, I would be selling fish oils for maybe $9.99 a bottle because uh, the consumer wants a value-based fish oil. Well, I can't sleep at night doing that because that fish oil is not passing the tests that we demand. And same with CBD. We're doing the same on that. So anything you get at nutritionw.com, you're going to be able to trust. Secondly, when the summer heat really gets here, we ship it with ice packs. You cannot expect an oil to not go rancid sitting in a warehouse at UPS or at Amazon. It's going to turn somewhat rancid. So why would you think that it wouldn't? One. <laughs> Number two is the Wall Street Journal did a huge report last year on Amazon, and a good chunk of the nutritional supplements being sold were dug out of dumpsters because so many companies who have out-of-date nutritional supplements, stores included, will just dump them in the dumpster. Well, guess what? When people find that and find a source of that, it's easy to change labels. It's easy to change expiration dates on these things and sell them. So Wall Street Journal was greatly concerned about the amount of counterfeit or out-of-date supplements being sold. It That's doesn't remarkable. make sense. From, just from small-town small people. Small-town people yeah. finding Looking sources. Looking to make a buck, yeah. I mean, you know, we throw away things that are going out of date. Well, I don't 
I don't uh, dispose of them uh, in a way that would be ground up. I just throw them in the dumpster. Right, and someone can come along. And they yeah. could. Somebody could look in that dumpster and say, wow, there's 12 bottles of Omega-3 that somehow we let go out of date. Yep, that's unopened and whatnot. And they get it for free, and they sell it for, instead of it selling for $24, they're going to advertise it for $4.99. Well, they'll sell it in five minutes on Amazon. Yeah, that's crazy. So let the consumer beware, for sure. Um, what do you think about um, getting Omega-3s from sardines? Uh, actually, there was a lady that I did a blood test on, and she was from Finland, I think. Very, She was 50 years old, extremely fit, and obviously took good care of herself. I did the blood test. She's the only person, female-wise, that I ever looked at the Omega-3 levels, and I said, wow how many pills are you taking a day? And she said, none. She said, I eat sardines and olive oil every single day. Um, in the can? In the can, the high quality one with only olive oil. With, okay, not so, in water? It's not as good in no, water? No, it was, it was not as good in water to her. Well, I didn't yeah. get to look at blood work from her eating water ones, but I know that this one worked. I so wish I liked sardines because it just blew me away that we can do this through food. You know, the cost of it was not the cheap sardines, so I don't know if Uh, it would even play itself out. But once again, I'm getting, I love sardines. I'm getting them from Aldi's. They're about 89 cents a can. I get them in olive oil and then mustard and hot sauce. Perfect. So perfect. And that, uh, you know, again, I trust Aldi's. uh, They are seemingly vetting products better than most stores, so they won't just put, it's kind of like Trader Joe's would do. Sure. Because they're, I think, owned by the same company originally. Brothers or something. Who knows? Uh, but that's a great idea. You know, you're talking about it. It took her a dollar a day to raise her levels. You can do it for less money on a supplement. But if you love sardines, there's you don't have to do a supplement. Sardines are a fantastic little critter. Do they not contain as much mercury because they're small? Exactly. And, you know, everything like a friend of mine, uh, son, uh, was talking to me this past Saturday and and telling me about going out to eat, and he's, he went to this seafood place. I said, what'd you get? He said, well, I got swordfish, and I, I never put down people's eating choices anymore. I'm, I don't need to battle with anybody or even preach. I, that's not how I live my life. I, I live it with respect for other people's decisions, but he, I guess, saw a little look in my eyes, so he made a comment. He said, is, there, is that a good fish? I said, it's the worst fish you can possibly eat. I mean, swordfish have has more mercury which is a neurotoxin which means your your neurological system your brain is being damaged by this heavy metal and the reason is because they've eaten so many smaller fish so uh, it depends on the food chain you know the the small fish don't eat a lot of other smaller fish so they don't accumulate with more and more eating of fish swordfish is has eaten every fish there is is it is it more uh, higher levels of mercury than shark uh, it's the high, to my knowledge, it's the highest, but shark and of course tuna have also very high levels and, uh, tuna's not as big as a shark or a swordfish, but you know, tuna seems to be the one that accumulates it terribly. In fact, a gentleman that I did a heavy metal test on, he's now, uh, uh, his name's Steve and he, I still see him every week and he's taking such good care of himself. He's one of those people who so disciplined with exercise and food and, and he's aged very well. But about seven years ago, he started having some issues, and he was eating a can of tuna because he was kind of a bodybuilder, and he was eating a can of tuna at least every other day, and had been doing it for years. And I said, Steve, let's check your heavy metal. His mercury was off the freaking chart. So we switched to salmon, 
a year. It took about a year and a half. Was he doing canned salmon? The canned salmon. Okay. And a year and a half later, we checked it again, and it had dropped by 75%. So just eliminating that one food. Is that wild canned salmon? Or? Yes, it was wild. He, okay. he had the, a budget to support buying the really good stuff. Sure. Which is important. Yeah. Um, just a question I've always had for my whole life, and it sounds stupid. Uh, my, me and my friend Tyler, we have this theory, if you eat your boogers... That <laughs> if you eat your burgers, it can boost your immune system. Is there any, uh, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I can top that one. Okay, good. There's an ancient uh, history of, you know, drinking your urine for that same reason. Mm-hmm. And I truly believe there is some validity in that because it is like a tuning fork, your yeah. own urine. Now, uh, have I done it? There's nothing I haven't done, so I'll answer it that way. Because I've been the ultimate <laughs> guinea pig of everything. Uh, is it something I do now? No, I don't. But I do believe that there's some kind of resonance with body substances. The booger thing, I don't know. But I do know the urine thing's an interesting concept. Well, the booger thing, I get because, you know, kids, it seems like kids that play outside, grow up in the country, they're less mm-hmm. um, uh, allergic to um, poison ivy. And maybe they don't have... Uh, Oh, what's it called in the spring when you get the... Uh, all the hay fever. and the fe- Yeah, all that kind of stuff. It just seems that way. Mm-hmm. I was just wondering if you've ever come across any research or, you know, t- I call it testing your system. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes you eat an old sandwich with a little bit of ba- may- mayonnaise on it and you just mm-hmm. kind of, you know, some people have stronger stomachs. So that's what I'm, well, what I'm getting at. Well, I would not argue at all with you. In fact, um, the Polish guy who does the, the freezing water yeah. swims... Yeah. Uh, uh, it's right on the tip of my brain, but I follow him greatly because I'm into breath holding as he is. And I do hate cold water, but I do go down and I do the, the, the crowd tank, the crowd chamber. Oh, cool. And, yeah. And, um, do you do the sauna? Uh, I do the saunas. I do the crowd at times. I haven't the past four months done anything but work, but, uh, and I do the float tanks at times. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do all of those, but I'm a huge fan of the cryo and the cold water submersion with I'm also a huge fan of of breath holding while you exercise and I know that it stimulates the immune system it's kind of like that feedback loop that you're talking about and uh, when he speaks of this he says there are people who come to him in fact Mount Kilimanjaro he trains people to climb that in somewhere like eight weeks that are just average shape people and he does it with a pair of shorts and tennis shoes and a shirt while other people had trained for years and his people beat all the other people. Well, he does it through breath holding and intense training. And I've done a lot of that. I can hold my breath now at 63 for three minutes, which I think is pretty damn good. That's fantastic. Uh, and I do push-ups. I can do 75 push-ups on one breath still. And so what it does is it, it triggers. Did you say the, 75 push-ups in one breath? Yeah, with one breath. And I videoed it, so I get it on. And I, not to be bragging now, but I did set an unofficial world record of chin-ups, did 285 of them about 15, 17 years ago. Uh, but I've also done a dead hang, which this doesn't sound like a lot, but one day you need to try this at the gym because nobody's beat me yet. You know, all you do is get on chin-up bar and you just hang there. See how long you can hang there. I did it. I'd have to look back on Facebook because I posted it. I think it's three and a half minutes, and tons of people have tried to beat it, and they haven't. Uh, so that was, that's an interesting self challenge, but, uh, but yeah, so I think the feedback loop of boogers and cold water and, and eating things and, and like my daughter, she has a a baby now, her first baby is 10 months old. 
and she's really hooked into my philosophy and that's her philosophy. She is literally trying to expose him to germs, yeah. to dirt, to allergens. I mean, he drinks out of the dog bowl and she's very cautious and she eats better than any person I've ever known and supplements unbelievably. In fact, she has a Facebook group that's private called Earth Conscious Mama. She has some of the best articles on what we're doing that's killing ourselves as far as cosmetics, soaps, uh, toxins, Febreze. Uh, she goes on a tangent like I do on Febreze. It's one that, that the, the, the Febreze molecules in that container are not even legal in several countries of the world because it is so freaking toxic as far as an endocrine disruptor. What is that? It's where it, it acts like a hormone. Why in the effing hell do you think we got so many men walking around that need bras? It's because we have endocrine disruptors going on from these plastics and microwavable things that and cookware and especially things that we breathe, like Febreze. Well, Febreze is how I cleaned my college uh, dorm room for years. Mm -hmm. My roommates and um, we just sprayed down the couch whenever we wanted visitors. I mean, that's what we did. Well, it covers stuff. Yeah, covers the odor. Yeah. Um, When was the last time you were sick? Well... Uh, you know, I always hate to answer that question because you know about being jinxed. Uh, I will say that my daughter is 30 years old. She just had a birthday in March, and she tells people that she only remembers me one time in 30 years being sick. Wow. So uh, now, does that mean that I feel great all the time? No, I don't because I don't sleep well. I'm a chronic insomniac, and I've done all, I have my tools that help me to fix, you know, not fix it, but manage it. So without the things from Nutrition World to help me sleep, is I would it, I would be dead probably. Is it sleep apnea or something? No, no. And, okay. I, and sleep apnea, if, you know, again, you're getting me on all these rabbit trails. I have a $4 fix for sleep apnea that is, is what I do. The Half of what I do to help my sleep is this technique. And I have told hundreds of people about it, mainly men. And I have men who come back and literally say, my life is vastly improved within two weeks of doing this technique. Thank you, Ed Jones. And it is a special tape that we sell at the store that you tape your mouth shut every night. What that does is, and even young people can use it, if you're a mouth breather, if you wake up with dry mouth, you're mouth breathing. You're going to have more sickness, more allergies, more possible depression, other things, because we are not meant to breathe through our mouth meant to breathe through the nose. Well, if you tape your mouth shut, it's the only way you can stop breathing through your mouth. What about when we exercise? Are we meant to breathe through mm-hmm. our mouth even when we exercise? We're I supposed mean, to breathe through our nose the because time. of the ratio of carbon dioxide and oxygen. Uh, there's a breathing method called Buteco. It's a physician in Russia who's passed away. His name is Dr. Buteco. And I'm a massive fan of his. In fact, I've done a podcast on my holistic navigator on Buteco breathing. And it's radical. I'll tell you, you would find it very interesting because I can tell you're open to all this, but it's, you got to train yourself to do it because it's every yoga teacher who listens to this gets furious because it's 180 degrees different than what we've been taught. And he cured himself of asthma through the use of this techniques in 1960. It's been around forever. And so, uh, the illicit navigator under breathing as a Buteco method, uh, you should only breathe, actually, if we're sitting here, we should only breathe seven times a minute because we want more carbon dioxide. The myth is that we want more oxygen. No, we don't. We want the ratio of carbon dioxide to oxygen to be different than it is because what happens when your carbon dioxide is less is anxiety. 
That's what happens. So mm. when you're anxious, uh, well, you know, you start breathing Hyper faster, and yeah. that makes it even worse. But you can prevent anxiety by learning how to breathe properly. Are you supposed to exhale through your mouth? Uh, you could, but you really need to do most of all everything you can through your nose. Okay. Dr. Boteco said this. He said you should breathe through your mouth as often as you eat through your nose, which is never. Never. So um, it's interesting. And all these things are, are not voodoo. They're really, uh, first off, they're safe. Anybody can try any of these things that I generally talk about without any risk of danger. Unlike even the, fact- the tape in your mouth shut, that sounds just a little even. Oh, even that. No, that to me is one of the most important things any human can do if they're waking up with dry mouth. Okay. Uh, the thing is, you don't seal it all the way across your mouth. You put it just in the middle part. I have coughed. You know, we all cough at night. You can yeah. cough out the sides. Only one time, in, and I've been doing this for six, probably five to six years, because I had a CPAP machine. Uh, I was, you know, I know, I knew because I was waking up tired. I had a dry mouth. And so I actually, because I don't journey through the medical system, I ordered me one. And I set it up myself uh, through eBay. And it was a game changer. It made me feel considerably better. But then I didn't want to be hooked to that machine the rest of my life. So I came up. Well, actually, I learned this from Dr. Bateco. The, the tape thing came from him. That's where it was. And so I've been taping for five years. I literally have, have left my house on a trip and drove back to get my tape because it's that important. Wow. And the tape's $5. And it lasts you a month. Okay. So New piece every cheap night. Cheap fix. Um, so you, we're talking about breathing here and I do my push ups when I, when I push up, I do breathing backwards. I don't know why I, um, inhale when I push up. Mm. Um, is that bad? No, no, it's not bad. Again, it's like, if you get it through your nose, it's great. Now there's a point where you have to open your mouth mm-hmm. aerobically. You just can't get the quantity of air in, but it, it's, if you, when you listen to the, to the science behind it, you just want to make that minimal. Yeah. What do you uh, What do you think about my mushrooms? You said you've tried almost anything. Okay. Uh, I have a podcast, two of them, on medicinal mushrooms. Yeah, I actually like microdosing and whatnot. What do you oh, mean? now the psychedelic mushrooms. Sure. That's a different category than the therapeutic medicinal ones. First off, medicinal mushrooms. I actually have it in my advice to people who are, and I have to be careful. I can't say for people who have this virus because it is treating medicine without a license and you get in trouble. Yes. I can say that if you want to optimize your immune system so that you don't have a cytokine storm, which is what's causing people to go into uh, bad places with any sickness because the lungs fill with fluid, uh, mushrooms are one of the key components with vitamin D to prevent a cytokine storm. And that's well, that's what happened in 1918 with the Spanish flu. People got a cytokine storm. That's why that many people died because the immune system overreacts. It does too good of a job. And then it actually starts creating damage within the organs instead of killing the bad guys. Well, how do we, how do we help that? We do it by focusing the immune system by lowering some of the components. One of those is called interleukin-6. And that's what we want to lower. Well, guess what? Mushrooms do that with vitamin D. They have to be the right kind, like the shiitakes and the rishis and, and all that whole host, lion's mane, uh, cordyceps. They all come in a package, which is cool. You just buy one bottle and you take two pills a day for maintenance and six pills a day if you're feeling ill. Uh, I've had people, countless people who come in who are being treated for cancer with chemotherapy and their white blood count has gone to pot, so they can't treat them anymore. Five days of mushrooms, they're back into the game again. 
And yet, again, traditional medicine will not embrace these things. And part of it, they can't because of peer pressure and legal pressure, but it's sad. It just is because 70% of the world uses botanical medicines, but not this country. It was, why is that, in your opinion? Uh, it's a follow the money trail. It really has to do with that, and it's hard to alter some massively billion-dollar industry. It just is. I think the public cry-out is partially going to help, but the problem is we got a lot of the public who still worships the academia part of medicine. You know, the only people who know anything is, is the ones who graduate from medical school. Well, to me, the only people who know mostly anything about true health have not graduated from medical school because they get programmed and brainwashed to a point that is that they can't alter it at a certain level. In fact, I do a radio show every Sunday uh, with Dr. Christopher Green. He's he's one of those physicians that is unusual. He totally embraces his conventional training, but he has the door open to learn about other stuff. In, uh, in fact, he loves talking to me because, you know, he hasn't heard any of this. And he says we're trained on nothing uh, regarding this. But he now is actually recommending so much of what I speak about to his patients. But that's because he's older. He doesn't have to worry about the peer pressure. He doesn't really care if someone thinks less of him because of it. Because he can defend himself quite well now because we have research. Mm. We didn't have that 20 years ago. Um, what do you think about uh, inflammation? Well, back to the, well, before I get that, you asked me about microdosing of mushrooms. Oh, yeah, I think that microdosing yeah. of mushrooms is a very cool theory. And I think if, if it's not a gateway type of substance that leads you into something negative, very positive, mm-hmm. absolutely very positive. Yeah. And what would microdosing be? Um, um, what's an example of it as far as like taking very small amounts uh, daily or weekly or? Uh, it, to me, the, the stuff I've looked into is, is, is doing it on, on work days, Monday through Friday mm-hmm. and doing, and, and before workouts and doing that microdosing, I think it's, has a place. Have you tried? Uh, there's nothing I haven't tried. Okay. So, well, yeah. <laughs> fair enough. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so inflammation seems to be a big problem in, with health mm-hmm. these days. It's the ultimate problem for chronic disease. That is the reason why we have chronic disease. And what is causing the inflammation? One is too many carbohydrates in our diet. This is where part of the philosophy of, and I'm not going to pick a group because it doesn't really, it is younger people because it's usually not older people, but sometimes it is. But the theory that, oh, we, as long as it's grown in the earth and it's organic, it's healthy. Well, that's BS. If you're eating a diet of 80% carbohydrate, I don't care how organic it is and how vegan it is, you are going to create a higher level of what I what we look at on blood work called high sensitivity C-reactive protein or sed rate or fasting insulin or omega-3. If we look at all four of those, I can look at the person who eats the cleanest on earth, but if their macros, what are macros? Macros are protein, fats, and carbs. If their macro ratios are out of whack, they are going to have chronic inflammation. Mm-hmm. Bingo. I know they may have far better health in regard to other areas like less toxins, more better elimination because they're eating tons of fiber. Uh, they're going to have benefits. But if you want to age gracefully, you got to have those numbers really low. You can't do that unless you're consuming high levels of healthy fat and at least modest levels of protein. And he- healthy fat, like every day I eat and and. I will eat a ton of olive oil, organic butter. Uh, I'll have half and half milk once in a blue moon on something, not very often. 
Like today, I ate at Jason's Deli, and I get tons of olive oil and pour it on the salad. Uh, tonight, I'm going to eat at Bonefish, and I will eat tons of olive oil. I never eat a meal that does not have fat on it. I carry olive oil in my trunk because you've got to have healthy fat. Um, there are different qualities of olive oil, correct? Huge amount of differences. Right. So how do you uh, go about researching that? Well, there's no certification for olive oil quite as well as there is for omega-3s. But the thing is, once you become a connoisseur of olive oil, you can kind of learn from the taste and smell. You know, the Chattanooga local olive oil company, I love to death. In fact, Nutrition World sells their olive oil. And even if I didn't sell it, I, I value him because he is passionate and he knows what he's doing. And the thing is, I think Aldi sells a good olive oil. That's where I get mine. <laughs> no surprise there. The last time I looked, I was very pleased with the what I know about it. So, Yeah, they have an organic option. I think they have yeah. two, an organic and non. The thing is, there's about, uh, out of Italy, There's a they say there's about 50 to 100% more olive oil sold, labeled from Italy than there is olive oil that's shipped out of Italy. What that means is they're mixing it with bad oils. Mm-hmm. So there's a ton of canola oil being thrown into olive oils. And restaurants are the worst because they don't vet anything. They don't, there again, they are after mass, the biggest profits they can. There's nothing wrong with that. But you don't do it at the cost of, of lessening quality to me. So they are just going to buy what the the uh, rep comes in and says, oh, we can save you tons of money on your olive oil. Instead of you spending, you know, $15, we're going to make it $9. Well, guess what happens to this cheap stuff? Well, I mean, I can under- in their defense, uh, the margins on restaurants are ridiculously low. Restaurant success mm-hmm. rate is very difficult. Um, do you know of any restaurants around that do mm-hmm. vet their food like yep. you're talking about? Well, they vet their olive oil. Or at least their olive oil. Uh, J. Alexander's. <laughs> okay. Uh, Jason's has the best olive oil there is. Wow. I mean, you don't, you don't. Yeah, right there in Hamilton Place. Yeah, right there in Hamilton Place. And yeah, you, you get all you want. Uh, those uh, Bonefish has great olive oil, and um, El Primo. Okay. And Public House. Well, they're all pricey restaurants. Sure. Except Jason's. Yeah. But Jason's has it now. That's where I carry my own in. If I go to a place uh, that's outside of those five, which I do most of the time, I don't eat there that often. I will just. Pulled my olive oil out of my trunk and carried it in in a black or uh, brown bag. That's pretty funny. Your brown bag and B Y O O, I think, is what that's called. Now you say um, you need a moderate amount of protein. Um, do you get your protein from uh, meat products? Meat, absolutely. And I'm, I'm certainly very, very open to people's uh, commitments to being a vegan. Yeah. However, I honestly, you have to work very hard and diligently to be a healthy vegan past 50 years old. You simply do. You get by with it before 50. It's actually doing harm to you if you don't, uh, you just don't know it. But now you can do it, I promise. If they did blood work, would they find out? Oh, absolutely. There's not a vegan out there, almost, if they're not supplementing, that who thinks they're getting everything from their food and who understands that, here, I've got to say this about blood work. People who get their own blood work and even go to the physician's, Everybody lives and dies on what we call the reference ranges. Let's say like vitamin D is one. Yeah. The reference range is 32 to 100. 
or we could look at iron levels or any level. What they do to get those levels is they test, we could say, 10,000 people. They knock out the top 2% and the bottom 2%. So the 96% becomes norm. The, the normal, norm. yeah. We, uh, you got eyeballs as well as I do. Look around. You don't want to be in that 96 percentile. No, I mean, if you pick, you go into a store anywhere, I don't want to pick on Walmart, but you just walk down the street and you count mm-hmm. 100 people, mm-hmm. There's, you're not going to want to be in the same shape as 98 of them. Nope. I know exactly what you're saying. So uh, you go to the doc, you get blood work, you get the letter back, all your normal, your blood work is normal. That doesn't mean anything mm. because there's a difference between normal and optimal. Yes. You have to be optimal to age gracefully. And honestly, most people don't even know what those numbers are. I've studied those numbers for two decades. I know them by heart. So people get blood work on their own. They're like, see, Ed Jones said I wasn't going to be healthy because I'm a vegan and I'm 51 years old. It's all normal. No, no. You got to be optimal to get optimal. Listen to my podcast, The Holistic Navigator with Dr. Lavalley. We list the optimal numbers, mm-hmm. exactly what needs to be tested and how the numbers need to read for you to be optimally healthy. So what meats are you eating for your protein? If I, I have to be honest that I have fallen uh, down a couple notches because of everything going on. Yeah. I have to eat out a lot. I don't cook. I'm not married. And, uh, and you don't like sardines and I don't like <laughs> sardines, but I love healthy foods, but it's been limited, you know, it just, and so I'm, I eat and I have kind of turned a, a, a around on this. I used to really focus more on chicken in a perfect world, of course it would be antibiotic-free chicken. But where can you get that? You really can't. Now, believe it or not, Jason's Deli has, you know, antibiotic-free meats. Huh. I had it today. I had antibiotic-free... Um, chicken? They uh, have yeah, it? they have chicken. They actually have chicken tenders that are antibiotic-free. Hmm. They try very hard at Jason's. I am so impressed. Panera tries pretty hard, too, but they're very carbohydrate-based. But they also yeah, do Yeah, they have good bread job. in their name, of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not Panera chicken. Yeah, my girlfriend, she made, uh, got on me one day a few months ago. I said, all they got here is carbohydrates. And she said, Ed, it, there's bread in the name. Yeah. So, but, you know, getting to that optimal level of a protein, I have to do it with, with fish, chicken, and beef. And the thing I was going to say is I've turned the corner on thinking – beef's bad because we all get brainwashed well guess what omega-3 levels there's more there's actually omega-6 is what causes inflammation there's more omega-6 in chicken than there is beef so uh, two to three times a week i will have beef now i eat meals that don't have meat or any protein in it uh i try to intentionally do that one time a day to two times a day i'll have the protein foods but eating grass-fed, which we sell at the Nutrition World, grass-fed beef is very important. And if you can get it, that's what you get. Do you uh, have any wild game? Do you eat um, elk? Have you ever tried elk or venison? Or what do you think about um, wild ant- moose? Oh, it's bear? awesome. Oh, it's generally awesome. Again, uh, it has to be better than most foods, because even if, you know, the GMO thing is huge. And you know, GMOs, genetically modified organism foods, is is going to be uh, disrupt our health. There's no well, doubt it well, has. Isn't even an apple GMO? I mean, for instance, the uh, Honeycrisp that mm-hmm. was developed in Michigan State um, Agricultural, and that's uh, genetically modified apple. Is that good for you, or can you? Well, the problem is the. F- 
I, there may be GMO foods that are that are not super unhealthy. The problem is when you grow crops, it's a monopoly now because you have to use Roundup to spray for the pest. I agree with that. And yes. so that and and Roundup was patented as an antibiotic in the '60s. Well, guess what? Every time you eat a food that has it, you are ingesting an antibiotic, which means you're going to have leaky gut, which means you're going to have possible immune dysfunction. Yeah. So it's a huge story. Yeah, I was just, I guess, referring to humans have been changing food for years. I mean, for instance, I think almonds used to be um, carcinogenic. Is that the word? Or poisonous? Well, not really, but... They did have to. Ch- they did change that. How they did almonds. So, yeah. So I, that might technically be GMO, but that's not what we're talking about. We're uh-uh. talking about pesticides. And, no, okay. I'm worried about Roundup yeah. and being sprayed. Yeah, and golf courses the- are the the worst Same. place on earth. And if you wonder why your pets are getting cancer at six years old instead of sixteen, it's because they're freaking low to the ground and they're licking grass, mm. and they come in like their paws. Roundup is going to devastate the health of this country. It's already devastating big chunks of it, and yet it's being downplayed, even though uh, Monsanto's lost and lost and lost in all the lawsuits. But it's like Febreze. The, the advertising power is is overwhelming people's thinking because they're too busy to think about what we're talking about. Yeah. But GMO, now— Well, you, it's hard to talk about what we're talking about because people already have their preconceived notions, mm-hmm. and they, they're sensitive, and mor- morals come into this, and ethics, and of eating animals or plants. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a very difficult conversation. It's never been a more difficult time in the history of mankind to make choices on food. Yes. Because uh, there's so much unsafe food that's out there. And I am definitely not living in a cave. I Every day I make the best decisions I can and then come to peace with it. But that's, again, where I go back that supplementation is imperative because the P450 system, helping the liver get rid of it, Those the liver and kidneys have to be supported to their utmost for us to survive in a healthy and grow old age gracefully. And you can't do it just by hoping. You have to do it through a concerned effort of making choices and making a plan. And one more question. What do you think about getting your protein from grasshoppers and crickets? And I think it's insects? fine. I think it's perfectly fine. I, I, I did not like the cricket bars, but the protein is perfectly fine. I, yeah. I you, mean, I drink, what I do is, and I do the, talk about this a lot, I eat a food breakfast one day a week and I drink the other six days. And I do it through a drink that I came up with that so far, probably every person has ever done it, if they need to lose weight will. And if they need to feel better, they will. If they need to think better, they will. Because here's the catch, which you don't hear from anyone else. If you start your day right, what is right? That means you have the right macros. Protein, fats, and carbs. And you start it clean, which you can do. The kind of protein drinks and food supplement drinks now available is better than any damn food you're going to find almost anywhere because they are non-GMO. They are organic. They are grown with exactly the right way and process to maintain. Well, I drink, I believe in keto. So I drink a drink that is a keto drink by Metagenics or Garden of Life. I will put the green powder in it and I put MCT oil in it and flax seeds. Those four things give me everything I want. So if you start your day right, you have you have you have put together your blood chemistry to the best you can, which means you can actually make some boo-boos the rest of the day. You start your day wrong, you can't fix it the rest of the day. You're doomed. Well, what do you think about intermittent fasting when you you don't eat? Humongously important. Okay. I actually I'm going on TV tomorrow. 
uh, on Channel 3, and we're going to talk about losing the quarantine weight. And intermittent <laughs> fasting is one of those. Because yeah. if you can do time-restricted eating, which everybody's different. I am blessed to have a very fast metabolism. And I have to be cautious because I can lose weight too fast. So I really quit eating at 5.20 to 5.30 every day. And I will not consume anything until the next morning. But I do get up early, so I'll drink my drink at 5 o'clock. The thing is, my drink is actually almost a fasting drink because I'm not stimulating the pancreas to make insulin. Uh, keto is all about learn, teaching the body to burn fat for fuel instead of carbohydrates. If you can ever teach your body to burn fat for fuel, which takes two weeks, you will have a... It would be like putting a brand new double-sized motor into your car mm-hmm. uh, because it's going to learn to use two fuels instead of one. It's really like a hybrid that uses gas and electricity. Well, we can do that if you do the keto right. Yeah, and you but, have more energy. Um, as you, you're more uh, linear with your energy throughout the day. Absolutely. Versus ups and downs, yep. getting that afternoon nap, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff, needing that mm-hmm. cookie at 3 o'clock. Mm-hmm. So. When I'm on my game, which I have been most of the time except – for the the probably eight weeks of all the stuff going on, I actually didn't have as many choices. So I upped my carbohydrates just because, hell, I'm hungry. I want to eat. I, you know, I don't want to walk around hungry. And for the first time in four or five years, I actually thought about, I want that cookie. I want that bread. I want that macaroni that I see that person across from me is having. And before that, I would have never thought one single thought about wanting do you eat cookies? Uh, I do like to have a, a junk, I would call it junk food. Yeah. Uh, but I, it's, it's as clean as I can get. So, um, I, you know, I got to have my binge. Now, drinking-wise, I enjoy a tequila because when I looked at the alcohols, uh, here's another myth buster from Ed Jones, is wine is the worst thing you can drink. Why? It's heavily sprayed with Roundup, one. Mm. Almost all of it's full of Roundup. So you're drinking antibiotics every day. Thank you, but no thank you. Secondly, it creates histamine release. Why do you think you wake up the next morning with stuffiness? It's because you have so many histamines from red wine. It is, but we have been sold a bill of goods again. Oh, it's so healthy because of the stuff in red wine. Well, no, the negative outweighs the positive, And most people feel terrible after and if you do, you need to switch to the only two clean alcohols there are in my mind, which is gin and tequila. Gin and tequila, not vodka? Not vodka. It's vodka's grown on all the GMO crops. Mm. Uh, gin it probably isn't, and tequila probably isn't. The tequila agave. is agave. And they could be doing it, but I've never read that they have. Yeah. And if you And the other thing that kills you with alcohol is mixing it with the wrong stuff. Most margaritas... It's not the alcohol that makes you feel lousy. It's the bad ingredients in the mixes. So what I do is I drink tequila with, uh, I go to Fresh Marking at the organic limes or lemons, and I will just simply have a whole bunch of, of organic lime or lemon with about half water, half tequila. And it is it's something you have to get used to because it doesn't have the strong flavored sure. taste. But it sets well with almost everybody who drinks it. you got to have good tequila. Patron or 1800 are the two that I drink. 1800 is more of a value base, but it's still a good quality. Do you put a little salt on that? No, I'm just lazy, but I do like yeah. it like that. Okay. 
Well, thank you so much for carving out a full hour of your busy day. We had trouble scheduling this because you're such a busy guy. Um, well, I can't believe an hour's already passed. You got me rolling, brother. Uh, we can keep going <laughs> if you want. I I was just trying to get as much in as I could. Well, if you got another question or two, we can roll with it. Uh, what's your least favorite food? Uh, believe it or not, uh, and part of this I've actually looked into could be genetics, but if you could not pay me to eat these two foods and both are so healthy cilantro and garlic no kidding cannot stand them well isn't cilantro one of those things that is genetic as far mm-hmm. as like half the i don't know the number but yeah and garlic can be somewhat genetic of how you process it and i have to send food back i mean there's no way i can eat and that's the only two foods i won't eat because my taste buds don't really matter to me huh. i've learned to overcome those as long as first off if it's healthy food and moderately good tasting i'm all about it i'm ready to roll well i um that's all the questions i have okay. written down but do you want to end on any public servant announcement or any advice for an, anything that you have mm-hmm. on your mind that we didn't talk about well, I always like to, you know, speak to people who are struggling with health that there are so many options to people they're not aware of. And the human body was built to be self-healing. And we have given that up to a cult of experts and to the drugstores on every street corner. And it's a sad place in history because in acute care, we need drugs. Acute care is fast things that happen, accidents, a super UTI, a strep throat. You want docs and nurses and you want hospitals, baby deliveries maybe, and you want drugstores to have the drugs that you need. But that's acute care. What's, the problem is, is we've used the acute care system to handle a chronic care of our medical needs, and it is so destructive. The third leading cause of death in this country by the New England Journal of Medicine is pharmaceutical drugs that were properly prescribed based in the book and properly taken by the patient. Third <laughs> leading cause of death. Um, right behind uh, heart disease and, and cancer. O- cancer. Yeah. Okay. So be as cautious about taking a pharmaceutical as you would be with driving with no seatbelt at 100 miles an hour because it is not a safe thing. Uh, short run, they're probably going to be fine, but it's a long run that really gets people. So I want to encourage people to know you're not going to get this story from your traditionally trained person. And there's nothing wrong with that. They signed on to a medical school. That's all they're taught. They still aren't taught this today unless they go outside of the medical school arena and get their own certifications. What about the food pyramid? That got rewritten um, a couple of years back. Mm-hmm. Is the new version any good? It's better. You know, uh, they, the thing is, it's still too carb heavy. Yeah, they're real bread heavy and pasta. Yeah, it's because they were, you know, uh, follow the money trail again. Uh, they were being basically paid to, to, to help the grains and the, the dairy industry, and the, that yeah. kind of thing to rearrange it. Uh, you need to be, again... To me, I try to shoot for about 25% carbs, maybe 30, and about 30% fat and 40% protein. That's because I work out a lot. If I didn't work out a lot, I'd probably could lower the protein. I do not believe in the old-fashioned Atkins way of doing this, which was 80% protein. That is very toxic. 
uh, especially the kinds that he was recommending, which was bacon and sausage and any kind you wanted. So, but there's the a new, lot of cheese too. I think wasn't yeah, he cheese guy? There's nothing wrong with modest amounts of cheese, yeah. but he was way too heavy on some of the unhealthy things. But under the Holistic Navigator, I've got one on keto that I do, and you can listen. And on also on there, and again, and I'm glad I thought of this. I wanted to say it earlier. Simply because I do what appears to be everything right, which is not everything, but simply because I've had a whole life of experience does not mean that I would not walk out of here and drop dead from a a blood clot or a heart attack. What I've done is I put the odds in my court significantly. You know, there's not many people who make it to 63 that can, that basically can do what I do in the gym. Uh, Secondly, I'm not on any medications. Thirdly, my blood work looks like a 30 year old, but living is risky and I live under way too much stress. I don't sleep enough. I drink too much and I do everything else right. Well, I don't know. Maybe that's going to pay off. I think, it, or no, not maybe. It has paid it off. It has, yeah. But is it going to get me to 90 years old? I, I don't really know. I sometimes think we have an, a clock that was kind of put into us, which we can maximize or we can shorten. But I don't know if you can get past that clock. So I'm not sure about that. Are you, I mean, this is pretty personal, but are you looking into ways to reduce your stress? Uh, I'm always looking into ways to manage it. The problem is I've, you know, like some of us in life, we've taken on a certain role and my role is to leave nutrition world as my legacy. Mm -hmm. I feel, and we have 200 and 200 to 250 people a day who literally rely on us, many of them. And it never became more apparent to me than when all of this happened with the closures of businesses. We had people crying when they came to us and realized we were open. Mm -hmm. Now we did it the right way. We, we, we actually, drove ourselves crazy because we were almost over the top with, with, with doing everything right. So we shopped for everybody. You would walk in the store, two people at a time, you would tell us what you want and we would run the aisles and pick it up and then do all the right things. Never been more tired in my 41 year career, but it was so worth it because people were heartbroken by the fact that we were willing to step up. My staff was courageous. They had moments. Don't tell me. I wouldn't say they didn't. But they were willing during that first month. We didn't know what was going to happen. We were, you know, it did feel like it was a death sentence. And all we had to do is be in the front of the wrong person and we're going to not be here anymore, which is not true. Uh, but the thing is, we, I saw so many people that I, I'm going to make this business last for as long as I possibly can. So I'm setting it up for my daughter, Katie. And and she's going to run it for the next 40 years. So right now we've, we've had to work hard and I've got another couple of years, two or three, four years of working really hard and there's nothing wrong with hard work, but damn, sometimes I wish I could be on the beach. I have to be honest with you. Yeah. Well, where's your, where's your beach of choice? Uh, well, when I say beach, I do love the, the mountains of Colorado. I love to bow hunt with my recurve bow, uh, do it the old fashioned way. And do you eat the meat? I do. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Or you share it with people. Get the back straps. Those are the good ones. Oh, this is the best. Uh-huh. I grew up in Northern Michigan. My dad, mom, they, they fed me venison my whole life. So, and you know about recurves, how difficult they are because mm-hmm. you have to be within about 22 yards. Yeah. I do that in uh, summer camp. practice a lot. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but, um, have you ever thought about elk hunting out West? Uh, elks, uh, I've been out there with someone else who was elk hunting while I was deer hunting at this point it's too pricey for me. Mm-hmm. I so. think Idaho has the cheapest tags. I mean, it's, I'm not saying it's cheap, yeah. but Colorado is expensive. I think Idaho is the okay. most accessible financially. 
Yeah, I just um, have gotten to a point where I'm I'm working too much, like a lot of people, to make things make things happen. So I'm hoping. I'm just hoping. Yeah, that's what I'm having to do right now. Well, I hope you can get back in your plane soon. Thank you. That's got to feel good flying over Chattanooga. Oh, it's it's nothing like aviation because. I'm a little ADD, and flying demands a focused attention that is unlike anything else. And I just feel like a like I've been cleansed after a flight. That's I really great. Do. Well, thanks for coming on the podcast. I had the most wonderful hour, 10 minutes and 40 seconds. Oh, thank you, Luke. This is wonderful. It's great getting to know you. You're a very knowledgeable guy. Thank and, you. Uh, thanks for teaching me a lot on this podcast. I appreciate that. All right. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Bye. There you have it, folks. That's Ed Jones of Nutrition World, airplane pilot, podcast host himself. He's on the radio all the time. He's on TV all the time. He's studying all the time. He's all the time concerned with health and getting people healthier and spreading out his mission. He's a smart guy. He's hard to hang with. I loved it. Very stimulating for me. Um, I love this show. This is my passion, my work. If you enjoy the show, please give me a five-star rating and write a review on Apple Podcasts. I would really appreciate that. Um, Tell your friends. And otherwise, I'll see you next episode. Bye, guys.